Hi, I'm Matt Dragonstone, and today we'll be talking about Chiron. Most of the planetary bodies that we use in astrology come with significations that are deeply and intimately interwoven with myth, religion, and culture. So much so that their significations, what they mean in astrological terms, are firmly fixed in place by the passage of time. Entire civilizations have come and gone under the steady gaze of the sun as source of creation, the moon as nurturer, Mars as warrior, Mercury as trickster, and so on. Those significations may vary between cultures. Within their respective cultures, the significations of the planets we are familiar with in astrology remain more or less fixed by a long tenure of ritual, belief, myth, and sacrifice. So when technology allows us to observe new planetary bodies, the process of creating new significations can take a long time. In relatively recent times, the discovery of the planets beyond Saturn have meant new astrological cycles of anywhere from 85 years with Uranus up to 11,500 years in the case of Sedna, which was discovered in 2003. With such a long time to observe how these planetary bodies show themselves by nativity and transit, we're left to slowly but surely build up a knowledge base from which to analyse and predict their effects. I wanted to talk about Chiron today specifically because it seems to have sprung onto the astrological scene with a more or less fully formed set of significations and a rich mythological analogue. Chiron's orbit was found to be highly eccentric. It intersects the orbit of Saturn and comes very close to doing the same with Uranus. As we'll see later on, the astrological significations of Chiron mimic this orbital path. It includes and syncretizes the themes of containment, limitation, challenge, and radical freedom that we traditionally associate with Saturn and Uranus. Among Chiron's various astronomical classifications is that of Centaur. Centaurs are small solar system bodies with eccentric orbits that crisscross the orbital paths of Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. So named because these orbits are comparatively wild and untamed by the regulating function of the Sun, Chiron's discoverer, the astronomer Charles Cole, who had some knowledge of ancient Greek mythology, decided on the name Chiron as a reference to the prominence of the object among the centaurs. Like all astronomical labels, the decision to name this new celestial body Chiron was no coincidence. Chiron was the eldest and wisest of the centaurs. Unlike the other centaurs though, Chiron was an immortal. He was the son of the titan Kronos, who we also know as Saturn, and the nymph Philyra. Legend has it that when Kronos and Philyra were interrupted in their lovemaking by Kronos's wife Rhea, Kronos transformed himself into a horse to escape notice, and the result was the two formed Chiron, half man, half-horse, and chronologically at least, the first centaur. Philyra, upon beholding Chiron's form, abandoned him, 
and after petitioning the gods was turned into a linden tree. A shepherd, upon discovering the baby Chiron, took him to the sun god Apollo, who adopted Chiron as his foster son. Under Apollo's tutelage, Chiron grew wise in the ways of poetry, prophecy, music, medicine and teaching, to the extent that he himself tutored numerous heroes and demigods, of the likes of Jason, of Jason and the Argonauts fame, Achilles of the Trojan War fame, Hercules, and the god of healing Asclepius. A few versions of the story of Chiron's wounding exist. In one version, a drunken Hercules causes a stampede of centaurs, and in the ensuing chaos shoots Chiron in the leg with a poisoned arrow. In another version, Chiron tends to a fellow centaur wounded in the melee and is cut by the arrow. In both cases, the wound is incurable, as Hercules' arrow is tipped with the poisonous blood of the Hydra. The astrologer Melanie Reinhardt, whose seminal work Chiron and the Healing Journey documents the astrological Chiron with great depth and nuance, notes that in both versions of the tale, Chiron's wound isn't his fault. I think this is a significant and often overlooked facet both of Chiron's mythological foundations and of Chiron's presentation in the horoscope. In the myth, Chiron is more or less minding his own business when the oafish and inebriated Hercules shoots him with the poisoned arrow, no doubt meant for some other centaur than his beloved tutor. Nevertheless, Chiron is left with an almost unbearable dilemma. As an immortal, he cannot die and as an immortal poisoned by the Hydra's blood, he cannot heal himself. Instead, Chiron suffers excruciating and unceasing agony. It's at this point that I'd like to introduce a friend of mine, Lance Baker. Lance is a Reiki master, hypnotherapist, energy healer, and counsellor who runs a practice in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales, Australia. I first connected with Lance early last year when I heard his story on Gordon White's podcast Rune Soup, and I was struck by the way in which Lance's story resonates with both the mythic themes of Chiron and the astrological significations. Later on, I read for Lance and discovered somewhat unsurprisingly that Chiron featured prominently in his chart. So Lance, there's, there's a narrative with Chiron which is about, you know, the wounded healer as an archetype. And the reason why um, I wanted to talk to you today is because your narrative and the narrative that goes along with a Chiron transit or Chiron prominently placed in someone's birth chart, um, you know, it's, they're, they're kind of very similar in a way that I think people will be able to engage with. So tell us about the journey. Uh... So I, my life now is healing. Uh, that's, that's what I do all day, every day. Uh, that's what most of my conversations with people involve, whether that's with energy healing or with counseling or with hypnotherapy, uh, the whole bottom half of my house is dedicated as a healing space or teaching healing space. Uh, and none of that was intentional. 
Uh, none of that was in my like 10 year, 20 year, life year plans. Uh, I've, I've got a piece of paper somewhere that I wrote in my 20s that was like that, a five year plan, a 10 year plan, a life plan. And lots of those things have been ticked off, but in the context around healing. <laughs> healing was not part of that. For as long as I've known in my life, um, I've had, I've had migraines and as a kid for a long time i only called them headaches because as a kid that's that's all i could explain was my head hurt and my mum said it was a headache and wasn't introduced to the word migraine for a long time uh but it was it was only every now and then um uh, and it was i wish i tracked it i think it probably would have like clicked off every moon or something like that in my early, early 20s, um, my left ear become blocked. Um, like it needed to pop. And I had hearing tests, no issues, uh, perfect hearing. But I could hear the difference in the tests, but I could hear all the sounds. So they were like, you're, you're good. Um, so they sent me for an MRI to check that out. And the ear, nose and throat doctor put these MRI scans up on his little light box and pointed to this gigantic bright blue spot in the middle of my head. Uh, and he goes, look, I, I just work with ears, nose, throat, uh, mostly ears, like what you're here for. Uh, so I don't know anything about the brain. He goes, but this and taps on it is not meant to be there. And pointed out this arachnoid cyst that's eight by eight by six and a half centimeters. Uh, my left temporal side of my brain uh, and within a month uh, Charlie Teo who's famous as a uh, doctor at the moment he was fam famous as a fantastic neurosurgeon back then uh, now he's famous as a wild cowboy who uh, lives a trail of disaster in his wake quite often uh, but does some miraculous healings I find it interesting with this Chiron link that it was also a uh, a wild healer <laughs> that operated yeah. on me. Uh, <laughs> and so he drilled a hole in my head uh, and, and worked on this thing. And I woke up from that operation with a migraine and it did not leave my head for nine and a half years, 24-7. When we examine a myth to give us a deeper understanding of an astrological theme or how a planetary body operates in a natal chart or by transit, we don't look for one-to-one -one analogues. And so naturally with Lance's story, there are going to be points that differ from the myth of Chiron. The reason why I convinced Lance to very graciously share his story is because there are elements that resonate very strongly with the myth of Chiron. In the myth, Chiron is already a teacher and healer when he suffers the tragic wound that leaves him in incurable agony. Those healing and teaching skills are only increased by Chiron's ceaseless searching for a way out of the pain that he's feeling. As we'll hear in a minute, Lance's story mimics this aspect of the myth. And it also mimics another aspect of the myth that I think is really important. 
Chiron eventually escapes his suffering by trading places with Prometheus. Prometheus is an interesting figure in mythology and also in astrology. A not insignificant number of astrologers liken the myth of Prometheus with aspects of the ways in which Uranus as a planet functions in a natal chart. Just quickly, the myth of Prometheus is the one where Prometheus is chained to a rock in Tartarus and condemned to have his liver eaten by a griffin daily for all eternity. This is a punishment for stealing fire and giving it to humanity and in a sense kickstarting civilization. That's a very surface level summary of the myth, but that aspect in a nutshell is similar to the way in which Uranus operates. And if we recall that Chiron in its eccentric orbit crosses the path of Saturn and just about intersects the orbital path of Uranus, we can start to see ways in which the Chironic story synthesizes the elements of Saturn and Uranus astrologically. For Lance, the unbearable agony that was caused by the surgical intervention led him to consider absolutely every possible avenue in order to treat the pain. And the way in which Lance found freedom, as we'll hear, is by taking that Uranian quantum leap in order to transcend the Saturnian restriction and challenge. Uh, it was a year I'd, I'd pretty much given up. But on my 33rd birthday, I made a, a declaration to myself that I couldn't do another year of this. I was going to try everything again. No matter how stupid it sounded, no matter how weird it was, I was going to try. And um, I tried meditation things. I tried, um, tried some different drugs. I tried uh, float tanks. And then I tried Reiki. And it seemed to help a little bit. And then I learned how to do it. And in a week and a half, that pain was gone. And uh, that's where Karen pretty much moved into my house. <laughs> my life began feeling. So mm. to say that the introduction of Reiki into your life was revolutionary may not be saying too much, so to speak. It might not be, um, yeah, overinflating it because it sounds to me like from what I understand of your journey from where I've heard you speak elsewhere, that was incredibly life-changing and also talking about fast acting. Yes. Like fast acting as well, I believe. Yeah. Um, like Reiki been helping a bit. I was sleeping better and I was, I was half a point or a point better on a pain scale after a couple of months of having a session every week. Um, and I could feel stuff happening. Like I knew stuff was happening. I was having, um, I could feel energy releasing from my head. Um, and I had a lot of weird esoteric experiences happen. Uh, so I was in with Reiki of seeing it was going to do something for me, but I still had zero expectation I was going to take it away. Uh, like I thought I'm going to get this down, then I'm going to get to a point where I live it a free. And that to me was gold. Like that was me winning mm. a lottery if I could... If I could set my life within half a point of three or four, I'd be gold. Uh, and like I said, I was trying to learn how to meditate and stuff as well. Um, I'm not a good visual imaginator, so I was, was having a hard time 
with uh, meditation of listening to guided things and stuff. Uh, and so I Googled searched meditation class, Newcastle this Saturday uh, and nothing come up, which normally things like the Buddhist center and people like myself, things had come up, even if it's not the exact day. Uh, but the top hit on Google was a Reiki class uh, and said, you can do it yourself. And I didn't know you could do Reiki on yourself back then. Uh, so I signed up uh, and my thoughts when I was signing up was, if I do this in between those sessions with Leander, I'll be able to like keep the level of where she's got me. Like, cause I, I noticed I felt better. And then the next day I'd feel worse. And like the pain would be upping and downing between these sessions. So I thought I'm going to be able to flatline and, and keep some of that healing she's giving me and just top up little bits. I'm, I'm no one compared to her. So I'm not going to do anything. That was just my expectation. And then I went there and they attuned me. And then when I did an energy bond, I could feel that energy in my hands. That that was a moment it had me because I'm like, this this is amazing. Um, I, I'd, I'd studied theology. Like I, I was going to be a, a pastor at one stage and, uh, and I left because Christians just burnt me. Um, but when I... I I held this energy. I was like, this, this is it. This is what I was searching for all those years ago when, when I was looking down that Christian path of this has got like, this is the Holy spirit in between my hands right now. Mm. Um, and so I don't think Reiki would have left my life if it didn't give me the result it had. But then like, I wasn't super actively trying to, to heal this. I was doing the practices to get good enough to be able to, help cope and uh i didn't even notice when it went like that's how much i was used to being able to ignore it and yeah I built this man cave out the back of my house and i was working a thursday night so i'd had the morning off so i was probably playing video games or something in the, yeah the man cave that morning maybe i'd been doing rake practice i don't think so no um and i was leaving there and i was shutting the door and i was one foot in and one foot out and mm. I'm like, I'm forgetting something. I've checked my pockets. I'm like, I've got, got my keys. I've got my wallet. I've got my phone. Like, I don't, I don't have a migraine. Mm. I shut that door pretty quick. Oh my yeah. God. Went to work. And I'm like, when's that come back? When yeah. Is it? And I was expecting it to come back real quick. Yeah. And it didn't. Uh, and so that moment, mm. Reiki was definitely not going to leave my life uh that was that was the point where it's like well i'm better than the answer you were seeking uh, mm. I'll, I'll give you way more and um yeah it i couldn't hide from it then in the myth it's only when chiron agrees to exchange places with prometheus and introduces prometheus into that mythic narrative that Chiron experiences radical freedom from suffering and a moment of transcendence. In Lance's story, it's only when he agrees to allow the Promethean Uranian into his life that he experiences radical freedom from migraines. To elaborate just a bit, Lance is from the same place that I'm from. He's from the Hunter Valley in New South Wales, and 
I'm going to post the full interview as a separate episode, but he goes into detail about his life before Reiki. And it is a Uranian moment. It is a moment of accepting a very unorthodox approach out of sheer desperation motivated by unbearable agony that allows him to experience radical freedom by approaching his pain and, as we'll hear shortly, the pain of others from a completely left-hand path. The thing that made Chiron so good at healing was the experience of pain as a result of acquiring an incurable wound. And the thing that makes Lance such an exceptional healer is his experience of pain firsthand that allows him to intrinsically understand the pain of others and to assist them in managing and overcoming that pain. Chiron's act of exchanging places with Prometheus is altruistic. And when it comes to Chiron transits or Chiron prominently placed in one's natal chart, it's not just the search for a cure for oneself that allows one to transcend one's own suffering and pain. It's also the act of altruistically providing and leveraging that experience of pain to help others that allows one to move forward in a way that ultimately opens up a higher octave of experience, both spiritually and otherwise. You may have wanted to be a pastor, but the evangelist never left you, I think, no. in terms of your enthusiasm no. for the things that you're passionate about. Yes. Uh, you know, it was your enthusiasm for uh, energy healing that um, that got me on board with Reiki. Yes. And the attunement that um, I was able to participate in was was wonderful and something deeply mysterious. It was a mysterious moment um, of, of sort of meeting Reiki in a way. Um, but I mean, the story post this experience of healing, which was transformative enough for you to stop yourself and go, Jesus, I don't have a, I don't have a migraine right now. You didn't just hang your shingle immediately and start healing people, though. There had to have been a transitional period between the epiphany yes. and then the the art of, of sort of translating that into the healing relationship with the other. So what happened next, mate? Yeah, uh, well, it, it was still just going to be about me. Uh, I'll admit, I'm, I'm a Leo and I wasn't... Uh, finally tuned Leo back then. Uh, <laughs> so it, it, it was mine and my power. <laughs> Stay with me. Uh, so like I was only Reiki one with that. Uh, so I don't know how long it was. I think it was three months later. Uh, I did Reiki two. And the people who I did Reiki two with, they did, they did Reiki two in a way where you do a retreat weekend that's mm -hmm. like two days and an evening that was Reiki 2 and Master, but you got to come back twice uh, for that. And uh, I'd been doing a lot of practice with it and mm. uh, I'd had that miraculous healing. You can imagine like after that experience, I was, I was playing with it all the time. Yeah. Uh, and so I turn up this Reiki two class um, and they they told me I was 
I was already Reiki master and, and what had I been doing in between? Like they couldn't believe what I was capable of in between. Maybe mm. they were blowing smoke up my ass, uh, which as a Leo, I was graciously accepting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or maybe they'd noticed the difference. It, it was in my head that they could have been doing either uh, at the time, but I'd had that miraculous healing. And I was like, well, that explains it. I'm obviously I've tapped into something mm. better with that. And, uh, and I still didn't like hang my shingle up after I did Reiki two. And that's the point where most people feel comfortable to, to practice. Yeah. Uh, when I went back, um, six months later to, to finish my Reiki master, uh, mm. it was, was after then. So I'd had somebody ask me to do Reiki from, from their place. And yeah. I was like, well, I will after this date when I'm a master, that's, that's when I'll be comfortable to do it. Like Karen was bashing down my door yeah. uh, my first paying client had a shattered hip and after a second session she got up and walked um now mm. i felt like jesus that moment i will admit i had a leo moment where my head exploded uh the next week though she come back and she had a crutch um no she had a walking stick uh mm. but it, it proved i didn't heal the bone i just yeah. made her feel good enough to be able to walk again and, and I seen her every week uh, till she got a hip replacement. As I seen her weeks after that, all the Reiki and stuff too. And now you're in a situation where you're not only healing but teaching others as well, right? So there's there's that progression from you know the work on the self, the experience of pain, the subsequent experience of healing, and now going out to others and healing others in many different modalities than just Reiki, as I understand it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now teaching is, is a big part of, of what I do because mostly because of that factor for me of it was the self healing component that mm -hmm. did it for me. So yeah. I'm like, well, anybody who's, who needs self healing should have it. So I make, I made a dedication years ago that I would make it as available as I could. So I'd put a class up every mm. month. And as long as two people wanted to do it, I'd run it. And yep. um, I ran a class every month for probably the last six years now since I've been doing it monthly. The thing that I, I really dig about this particular story is that healing and teaching, they're both other related activities. Yeah. So you can't sort of, you can heal yourself and you can definitely be an autodidact. But mostly when we think about healing and teaching, we're talking about a relationship with the other. And you've, you've pointed out a couple of times the way in which the Leo, the Leo pride and the Leonine ego was there at the beginning, but has, you know, uh, been tempered a little bit. But the way that you're describing the story is this journey from uh, you know, wanting to hold the power within yourself to sharing it with others and then arriving at a place that's entirely different to where you began. Yes. So how are you working with others now versus say, I don't know, 20 years ago, um, give or take? Uh, so yeah, my interaction with people then, I was still uh, uh, that Leo center of attention, sort of thing uh but it was it was just in getting people to have the sage stuff come out the getting people to have fun yeah party be stupid yeah uh so that is 
I, now my life is getting people together, uh, doing the, the, the preacher sort of thing about mm. self-healing and, um, and I'm fostering people's healing. I'm not getting them drunk or stoned, uh, where we're hanging out and talking about how I can get them to see the best in themselves or others. And, mm. um, yeah, that'd, that'd be the big, the big difference. With Lance's story, the astrological and the mythic Chiron are interacting and resonating on multiple levels. We've seen Lance's trajectory from woundedness to miraculous healing via a Uranian Promethean path, and then the role of teacher and distributing and disseminating that healing experience out to others and the way that it's positively impacted Lance's life as an adult. It would be really tempting for me to stop the interview here and tie all of this up into a nice little neat narrative and pat myself on the back, but I'm not going to. Because importantly, after Lance's description of the way in which he has experienced personal change through the act of experiencing pain, overcoming pain, and stepping into the role of healer and teacher for others, he went on to describe a classic experience that people who have a heavy natal placement of Chiron have to endure quite often, which is the return of the wound and the way in which a continual dialogue between self and wound has to play itself out. There was there was a, a blip um, as well that Chiron taught me something new recently, um, mm. as as you heard on, on Soapbox where I talked about that because I was, was going through that process then, uh, that I need to do self-healing all the time still too. Like this past year has been a whirlwind for me like i moved my clinic from newcastle to east maitland it's only like 45 minutes but it's still a big move and i had to i had to build a space like i i had this big open garage and i built walls i painted I electrical work i've done all sorts of stuff and um so i stayed up till two in the morning every night for most nights of the year doing this place up while working full-time and, mm. and and i've got a toddler and my partner's got a, a child as well and i've got a teenage autistic boy who doesn't come as often now but still hangs out here a bit mm. uh so i was busy and um once once i, I got this place ready and running I've, I've, I've been doing a lot more workshops and stuff to mm. make use of the space and, and enjoy it and, and do that bit that I love. So I was I was working hard. I wasn't doing as much self-maintenance uh, yeah. of, of self-healing. And so I, I had uh, a migraine come back uh, mm. months ago and, and, and I reached out to you when, when it did. <laughs> what the hell, man? What's what's my chart sack? <laughs> You're like, that does, doesn't look like a problem. It's a blip. Mm. Uh, and and I was paranoid. I did not believe that it was a blip, and I was like freaking the fuck out. And yeah. um, and I did I didn't rush to heal it away straight away, but I was I did some regular just basic self energy healing and was observing what could this mean of of where it was falling, and 
where my understanding is at the moment is that observance was one, my stress levels and, and two, my self-care uh, mm. was missing. And, and so I feel Chiron was saying, well, it's, it's still not all about everybody else. Like you're a wounded healer too. Like change your fucking bandage, mate. And uh, so down <laughs> changes my bandages and I, uh, I, I do more self-healing with energy. Mm self-hypnosis so with lance's example right there we can see ways in which chiron plays itself out in our charts as well returning at moments when we try and convince ourselves that the particular wound represented by chiron is gone for good or taken care of in such a way that we can step back into patterns of behavior or modes of being that push our limits, so to speak. In Lance's case, he has to constantly perform maintenance as he describes it. And given the prominence of Chiron in Lance's chart, he has it conjoining the moon in the sixth house in Taurus. It's easy to see in a very clear way, the way in which Lance has to negotiate that relationship with his particular Chironic wound. We all have Chiron in our charts. And so depending on Chiron's prominence, its strength by aspect to major planets such as the luminaries, the sun or the moon, the ascendant or the chart ruler, it can lead us into the Chironic journey, either via transit where it's triggered or simply by the way that it adds a particular hue to our total experience. The challenge with Chiron, regardless of how strong or weak it is in our charts, is the challenge of rising above our own sense of woundedness through a relationship to the other, where our experience of pain or woundedness is translated into an attempt to make the other whole. Chiron isn't an easy planet. It's not necessarily a benefic. And while it has malefic overtones, there are also undoubtedly opportunities that Chiron presents to us to transcend not only our own sense of pain or suffering or woundedness, but also to transcend ourselves through opening up a particular type of relationship to the other, which is one where we attempt to take the pain of the other and remove it and therefore to close off the woundedness that we can't close off within ourselves. It's a truly impressive, um, you know, story that, that you've been able to recount to us about how you are the way you are today. Uh, so thank you for sharing with us, Lance. That's, That's okay. really awesome. And this is the part where I ask you how people can find you, mate. Please uh, let us know what you're up to at the moment, what you got on and let us know where, where people can get in touch. Yeah, uh, if they're Aussies, uh, New South Wales, uh, East Maitland, I've got, got a space where you can come and sit with me and either experience some energy healing or therapy or come and join a class and learn something new. Uh, if you're not in this area, uh, then you can work with me on Zoom like we're talking right here, right now. Uh, and I have plenty of people that will do that. Uh, branchesofhealing.com.au has links to everything that I, I do, I'm pretty sure. 
and you can book online there. Uh, I've got a podcast, Akasha Talks, where they can search for Dragonstone and Akasha Talks and they'll find uh, a neat little episode. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Akasha Talks as well, not just the episode that I was on. Um, but, you know, in general, the, the um, episodes are really good and in-depth and you're an excellent interviewer as well. So I'd, I'd recommend checking it out as well. Ah, thanks. Been a pleasure. Nice one, buddy. All right, take it easy.